Greetings and salutations, everybody. It's time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable. I'm D'Angelo, and I'm here to take you through an auditory journey of all things pop culture. All the stuff you consume, the stuff you're insatiable for, and the stuff you find truly bingeable. Okay, today's guest is completely bingeable. If you're a gay male with a proclivity towards the mass as a masculine side of gay nightlife, you are sure to know his name and his face. He's the owner of Man Up Productions, the Dilf app, the Dilf party, the fucker parties. He's your ultimate daddy coming to a city near you, Joe Whitaker. <laughs> Hi, Joe. <laughs> Hi, good morning. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Thank you so much for joining me on this, this Saturday morning to do a little talk, a little tete-a-tete. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, so it's nice. We've we've we are back in each other's orbit after an, an exuberant, crazy, weird twenty twenty, and twenty twenty one is looking up. And so, yeah. uh, I recently got a call from you about a party. So we're going to lead with this right now. So San Diego Pride is coming up, and we have an event together. And you have a few events that weekend. So can you tell me about what that weekend is, and then I'll jump in with what we're doing. Well, we are coming back with our parties um, that we've done now for seven years um, in San Diego. We're kicking uh, Pride off the weekend off on Friday night um, at the rail with Dilf out and proud. Um, I have um, Brett Law coming back, DJ Brett Law from Seattle. He's been a mainstay of that Friday night party and pride with me. And this year we're bringing in uh, DJ Seth Breezy from Atlanta as well to, to make the Dilf party on Friday as memorable as always. We also have um, Colby Jansen. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you're familiar with him. We're Kobe, familiar with his we'll work. Yes, we all are. <laughs> Google him, you guys. I was actually watching the video of this, this morning. <laughs> there you go. If you Google Kobe Jensen, don't do it on your work computer. And if you do so, you'll probably be typing with one hand, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> so Colby's joining you again this year. And then I know he's joining you for the Saturday. And so yes. Saturday, yes. you're doing the Escapade Yacht Pride Cruise over here in the San Diego Bay. It's on the biggest hornblower ship. And yes. so that's something that you called me about. And so I'm going to be working with you on some of the entertainment. I don't want to give away too much. I know that and we're going to talk about pop culture. And it was so up my alley when you came to me with this. And then it was just like, OK, how do I make this happen? Because nobody's in San Diego anymore. Like everybody has <laughs> like scattered themselves to the winds when it comes to a lot of like the talent, you know, that, it, that I was used to working with. So I had to like kind of comb through and we're looking, but we're going to be working on some stuff that has a Janet Jackson inspiration, hence the escapade. And yes. so I'm very excited for that. You're going to have Chad Michaels on there again. You have Jazz, Jasmine, the people's queen, <laughs> Simone. Yeah, we, and then we have a couple other people who are going to be coming through. And so I'm excited to be doing that with you. And that party is going to be for like everybody. So I know that we, I mentioned a moment ago that Joe has parties that kind of skew towards the more masculine side of what, we, what we're going for. But the escapade party is a little bit of everything for everybody. So we're going to have some girls on there dancing. We're gonna have a good old time so i don't want to give away too much i'm so excited but like there's surprises guys so like just remember like every hour we're gonna hit you guys with something but you have that then you have sunday you're gonna be doing the happiness tea dance and no, so no. oh no sunday, what is... saturday is happiness tea dance oh okay um, on the boat 
while the boat is docked from um, 4 to 7 p.m. Okay. That's the key dance. And then the boat cruise is escapade. So okay. it's two parties, but but yes, happiness tea dance is is the tea is on the boat docked for three hours. So what works for this? So guys, this is what, what's great about this is that Joe's coming and giving you guys the best of both worlds on that day because on Saturday, if you're one of those people who's like, I can't do the whole boat cruise thing, I don't want to go on the bay, you have an option to go to a party that's just going to be there in the dock, which is beautiful. But I'm telling you guys, do the whole thing because we're going to be hitting you guys with some good stuff. So like, and who's the DJs on there for that for that afternoon? Well, uh, right now, we um, have the Perry Twins from Los Angeles, who I've worked with now for almost seven years. Um, and Max Bruce from Los Angeles, who is my original DJ that um, I met at LA Pride um, in 2013, I believe. Uh, met him and his partner, Tony, at um, Universal Studios that we were, we were at a party together and we ran into each other. And that's how we started our friendship. And when Dilf um, first went on the road, Max was my first DJ to go with me to, to the, the cities that that, um, that booked us to, to start traveling. And so um, he has been my original DJ and, a, and is an amazing friend. And uh, he and Tony both are amazing friends. And it's been an honor to work with Max all these years. Um, but he will be on there. And then James Anthony from New York. Mm -hmm. um, James is a serious XM producer and DJ. And uh, he he will be coming in this year to be a part of the boat because he is he's wanted to be a part of it for the last three years and and we had the opportunity this year for him to do it with us and so those are our, our DJs. You're, seven years ago, I can't believe it's been seven years that these parties have been happening. Like, where did time go? <laughs> like, <I know. laughs> like, it just, it really does feel like just yesterday, like having coffee with you and you were like, I think I want to do a party. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then like all of a sudden, like this has happened. So it's, it's and it's very cool that this year that when everything's opening back up, it's, it's 2021. And you're, you're very loyal to like, you know, Max and everybody that you're bringing them back for, you know, these these big hurrahs again that, that are coming back around. Can you let us know, like, how did this all start? What what came first here? Like, because I remember you were doing social media and you had a, a pretty big presence when it came to like Tumblr and blogs and, you know, and your Facebook was just, you put a picture up and the man would get 700 likes in like 24 hours. It was <laughs> insane. And this is before you had anything to promote. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like, it, it was you. you, you were your, you were your own brand. And like I said a minute ago, like the ultimate daddy, but I mean, people use your pictures everywhere. So like, <laughs> where did this all first start? I mean, a lot of people know my story because I do put my story on all, you know, all the, sites and apps that I'm on. Um, mm -hmm. I, I came out at the age of 40. And, and so that, that was 13 years ago. Um, I, I, I didn't know anything about the gay world. Um, I, I wasn't living in Alabama and, um, and I moved from Alabama to, to Denver, Colorado and started my life over and started my life as a out gay man. Um, I was about to be outed in Alabama, and that's why I left. Mm -hmm. um, because I come from a very uh, strong um, 
conservative family on my side, but on my ex-wife's side, very religious. And uh, staying in Alabama was not a choice at all. So um, I, I guess if you want to know where it all started is I, as a kid, living in Alabama, I, I wanted to, I always had big dreams. I, I always had dreams of wanting to throw parties. And um, my earliest recollection of that is after my parents took me to a drive-in theater to see Saturday Night Fever. Okay. Um, and I was in awe of John Travolta and, and the club scene and the music and the Bee Gees. And, and every Sunday, I, I, I would not miss Casey Kasem's Countdown. I loved music. Um, I, I was very much a Madonna fan because I, I, I remember when she first came out and started. Mm -hmm. um, very much a Janet Jackson fan. Um, and oh, I remember, I remember that there was one summer, um, and I think I was probably in the, I think it was like in the ninth grade and I wanted to throw a pool party because my grandparents had a new pool they put in. And, uh, and so his remember, parties go way back. You guys, ninth yeah, they go way back. Parties. <laughs> so okay. I, I've I never heard this. Mom, yeah. I bugged my mom all, all spring begging her to let me have a pool party and invite my friends. And, um, I had the guest list, which I grew up in a very, very small town in the country. And, uh, but I have, I had a guest list and I had, I had, I knew what I wanted to serve. I also had, had put together all the music I wanted to play during the party. It was all recorded and on a cassette tape. And, um, I, I just had it planned to the T and, and it was just something that, that I really enjoyed. And my sophomore year in high school, um, I went from being bullied and picked on in my my fifth sixth and seventh grade years pretty badly because there were two guys that were um held back and they were of course bigger and older i was mm -hmm. the oldest in my class but these guys were much bigger than me and they kind of um found a punching bag and i was their punching bag and they they used to call me fag they used to call me queer and back then all i did that was different was i i read a lot of books my dad made me read constantly he wanted me to read a new book every week so I was a little bit of a nerd but I also was not like a lot of my friends I knew I was gay I was attracted to men from the moment that I I, I as far back as I can remember I, I the first magazine I looked at in my dad's barn um, it was a hustler magazine and all I could look at was the guys mm -hmm. uh, the guys that were or the guy that was in the you know the layouts um, and so I knew I was different, but I didn't know what gay was exactly. But I also struggled with the idea of, okay, I'm attracted to men, but everybody around me and my family and all my friends, that they all talk about the girls. And I do remember very clearly one year, my uncles, I went down to my grandparents' house and my dad had two younger brothers. And they, um, and this was, I think around Christmas that year, but one of my uncles, they both were still living at home. And one of them said, hey, go in my, our bedroom. We, uh, we have the penthouse with Madonna in it. <laughs> and, um, and, he, and he's like, I got it already open for you. And I went back there and I looked at it and I, I just, it did nothing for me. It absolutely did not. I actually felt sorry for Madonna for being, you know, 
being in penthouse it was just a weird feeling for me and like uh, growing up i i um i did after being bullied and picked on and um going through that really really bad time with those guys just beating the shit out of me sometimes after school Mm -hmm. um i went on to become a class president um my sophomore year and my sophomore year, I worked really hard at raising money for the class because I wanted to be our junior class president because I wanted to throw the prom, prom, our prom for the oh. you know as as the class president as a junior class president you know, you're in charge of throwing the prom and that was like my goal I wanted to throw the prom yeah and and I did win class president I I threw uh, an amazing prom what was the theme um, do you remember your theme. Did you have yeah, a theme? The, theme, the theme was called Remember the Night, and it was based <laughs> off of a, a song by Chicago. Uh-huh. And the, and the uh, colors were um, silver and pink. Now, I didn't go, I was not the one that pushed for the pink, but everybody wanted, all the girls wanted something. It was yeah. more of like a rose color, but it was like rose and, and silver were our colors. But you were the yeah. party man. So you were like, yeah, I was the you party were in man. charge of this. I was <laughs> so. totally in charge of it. But you know, we had a committee and, and everybody, you know, worked on the prom committee with me, but uh, I was the man uh, that that got all the fundraisers together. I went, I drove, I don't know how many Saturday mornings, an hour away, pick up Krispy Kreme donuts and bring them back to, to our hometown. And we would, we would sell them in the parking lot of the grocery store. We'd go door to door selling them. And so I, I, I did everything with my class to, to take charge of raising money for that prom and to make it one of the best proms ever. And, and it was, it was really, it ended up being truly amazing and memorable. And around that time, the movie Footloose had come out. And so I was, I watched, I saw Footloose at the theater three times. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted, I, I loved to dance even then. And so um, it, all of those things kind of come together and, and after after the the prom and the year was over, we we got back in the fall and it was time to vote for class president again. And I was very honored. My classmates voted me three years in a row as class president um, because I worked so hard on that prom and made it successful for us. Um, I say successful, made it memorable. <laughs> it was like Absolutely. We, were money. we weren't making money off of it. We 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 barely made it. We barely raised enough to pay for it, but we got we did we did get it all paid for but um but you were giving people a good time and you're charming exactly. giving and, people a good and, time. and so now and, so, so you did these so you, you start with throwing pool parties at, in ninth grade now you're doing proms yes that so you in some time i want i'm gonna jet forward because i want to get to the parties but like so oh, in, yeah. a, after then you end up you end up eventually getting married then you end up coming out you move to you yes. move to colorado yeah. um then you find yourself in San Diego eventually. When did yes. when did the party start there? So like when did when did the when well did the in Denver? Denver yeah. was actually the first place that I I I had a party. Um, Denver was um, I made some really amazing friends in Denver when I moved there and came out. Um, and and it's like I, uh, in the nineties, early two thousand. Well, no, I, I moved to Denver in two thousand and seven. 2007 okay didn't didn't know anyone and um met some met this couple that had been together at the time they'd been together like 18 years 
And they sort of took me under my their wing because I I was so green. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what wolf meant. Um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't know what top and bottom meant. I was like, what? Uh, every time they tell me something, I mean, I remember the, the first beer bus. The guy came by and whooped at me. I'm like, what the hell is he saying? And and so and you're it, and it this is all... and you're 40 years old at the time. So this is like yeah. this is blowing my mind because I like. I turned 40 this year. And so the thing is, is, and so, and this is so hugely inspiring to me, Joe, because of all the stuff <laughs> that you've done in like the past seven years, even. But so, yeah, so you're, you're a baby, you're a baby gay in a 40 year old body. And the I thing is, is yeah. And, and you were a good looking 40 year old too. I mean, come on. Oh, like, you. yeah. <laughs> like, well, it, it, I, I'm, I'm glad you said I was a baby gay. I, I, my John and Joe, my very best friends in Denver, uh, John told me one time, he said, Joe, it's like you're a teenager all over again. This is yeah. this whole world is new. You, you're going to go through lots of experiences to find yourself in this world, gay world. And, but I do, I, you know, they, they, they helped me so much. They helped me understand things like, explain things to me and um the very first pride event that i went to in in denver was at tracks nightclub and uh tracks is just like an amazing space and I, I remember lady gaga's just dance was playing and i had my cowboy hat on my boots and i got up on this little platform and i was dancing and i was having the most fun and i i remember telling my partner when we went outside uh, to take a break, I told him, I said, I want to throw parties one day. Mm. And he's like, what? What do you mean you want to throw parties? And what was so funny was before we had gone to this Pride event, I had, I had started having brunches. And this is a long story, but I, when we moved to Denver and somebody invited us to a brunch, I was like, brunch? What, what's brunch? <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't do What's brunch, you guys? Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have brunch in Alabama. <laughs> and so not that so, kind of brunch. Like <laughs> not that kind of brunch. So literally they invited us to, to a brunch. Uh, like four or five other guys were there, like two or three couples, and then me and my partner. And I had the best time. And then literally the next Sunday, um, they call us up and they say, We're not having brunch today. We just broke up. And I'm like, What? <laughs> I loved brunch. And so um i i told my friend you can't break up there's brunch i know (laughs) i know it's it's so funny but i remember i remember telling my john and joe i said they canceled brunch i don't know what to do and john's like well have your own brunch i said you're right i will and that was that was in january and excuse me that was in december and so the first sunday in january after new year's i i told a bunch of people at the beer bus at the Wrangler on uh, the previous Sunday that uh, I was going to have brunch. Mm-hmm. want you guys to come to brunch. And um, five or four guys showed up to my first brunch. That was in January. By May, we, we had a brunch, 55 guys at it. And um, it was so much fun doing that. And John and Joe said, we've never seen anybody have a brunch like this. You want you... For whatever reason, you get people who want to come out to have brunch. And he's like, I, I, I will always remember him saying this. He said, I've never seen so many queens willing to come to brunch with you. And he's like, we can't ever get them to go out and do anything, but they'll come to brunch. Uh-huh. So I, I, told, I told my partner, I said, I want to throw parties. He's like, brunch is enough. I'm like, no, no, but you don't get it. I want to throw parties. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he told me, he said, I, I don't want you doing that. I'm like, well. 
what about what I want to do? And um, I, I knew that night at that Pride event that I was going to throw parties one day. And I, and I said to myself, I'm going to throw a party here in Tracks one day. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, that dream came true in 2019. I actually threw my first Dove party at Tracks. Nice. And uh, Kitty Glitter and the Perry Twins did the party with me. And it was absolutely amazing. And I just, I, I so I, I've had a lot of um, dreams that have come true or things that I've said. Fulfillment. Fulfillment well, yes. of your goals, like it really, it's great. It, it, and I, I've actually, I've absolutely been. I, I, if you want to say the word blessed, I've been blessed by um, lots of dreams coming true. I, um, um, things that I told previous partners that <clears throat> when I said I wanted to throw parties, I, I've had more than one partner say, "I don't want you doing that." I'm like, well, "But, but this is something I've always dreamed about." Mm-hmm. And I, you know, in the straight world, I. I never had the opportunity. I, I used to say I wanted to own a nightclub, but that opportunity never came about. And, and I ended up um, in the professional world. I worked for New York Life. I was a part. I was an agent with them. Then I became a partner. Right out of college, I got hired by uh, a large paper company. So my my whole straight world was nowhere close to the nightlife industry. And, and so I, the dreams that I had as a kid, you know, I, I didn't know how those were ever going to tr- come true. But when I came out into the gay world, um, my first exposure was that pride event in uh, Denver. And I was like, I want to do this. And um, but I also I, I, I also told my partner at the time, he said, I want to throw parties all over the country. And one day I'm going to. And one day and I was I, I think it, 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 what he said to me that night saying, I don't want you doing this. You're not doing it. It really it. it made me realize that I had to take charge of my life. And if I, there were dreams that I had, I was going to have to make them happen because I couldn't, because I had people tell me, you can't do this. I remember him saying to me, you don't know anybody. Um, you, nobody's going to come to your parties. You don't know, you don't know this gay world. You don't, you're, you, you just came out. There's no way you can do this. And when he said that to me, it, it just something inside of me, made me just say, you know what I am? And I looked at him and I said, one day I'm going to throw parties in all the major cities, New York, LA, Chicago, Atlanta. They're going to be everywhere. And I said, one day I may have, I may have a man up clubs in all those cities. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, you're not. That's not what I want you to do. And it's so he that, really, that relationship life. that relationship didn't last apparently because because you didn't no. stay in denver you ended up in san diego no. eventually i did i ended up in san diego and then that's when i was ultimately exposed to the the, the party world um rich errant um mm-hmm. the first year we were together rich wanted rich wanted me to see all the fun of the gay world and he truly meant that from his heart. He wanted to show me all the the things of the gay world that were fun and exciting. And he also wanted to expose me to um, just the gay community. Um, he wanted to expose me to the, the, the things about the gay community that may, that I, I was missing and being losing my family. Because when I came out, my family, they, they didn't know what to do. They, they, they couldn't accept me. And um, my, my college friends couldn't accept me. My, of course, my wife, my ex-wife and everyone, they, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted me to come home and get help. 
Um, and so Rich took me to every party known to the gay world in that first year we were together. We were at, um, we were, uh, we went to Bear Week. We went to um, every Pride we could that year. Um, yeah. We went Folsom. And that, <laughs> Well, the first party he took me to was White Party in Palm Springs. Oh, and wow. When I saw White Party in Palm Springs, I was like, okay, wait a minute. This is even better. Yes. <laughs> so, For some people who are listening to this, I know like, I have a lot of straight women who listen to us. And so, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so I just kind of want to shine a little bit of a light into some of this and maybe even just some baby gays who might be out there listening as well. And so, Rich Arendt was uh, was 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 a partner of yours in the past, and what he was doing was he was exposing you to these parties because there is something really special when it comes to gay spaces, queer spaces, when we are allowed to just kind of express. And the thing is, is in, yeah. in here again, you know, I'm gonna what I'm saying today is going to be kind of more geared towards you know these parties that are a little bit more male driven and that sort of thing. We've talked about the drag parties in other episodes, but today we're talking about more of the the things that are kind of more aimed towards um, gay men. And there's a sexual liberation that you can feel in the air. There's a different type of an atmosphere that you get when you're with just a bunch of people who are out to have a good time all at the same, yes. you know. And then what yeah. we do too is is that, you know, I think your brunches when you were doing them in Denver were like the social brunches. And then when you get to like tea dances, that's a whole nother thing where on Sunday afternoons, you know, starting on like the East Coast and in San Francisco is that, they would have a dance on a Sunday where you would just house music into the sunset, that sort of a thing. And so you got all this exposure to those kind of things. Bear Week, and it was Provincetown Bear Week. Is that where you yes, guys went? Provincetown yeah. Bear Week. So Provincetown has a Bear Week in the middle of July that just, uh, Provincetown has a really concentrated um, gay network that all comes during the summer. But then there's one week where everything becomes very bare <laughs> so to speak yes. and so all all of those promoters are coming into town you have a couple you know the, the shows are a little bit different they're geared a little bit different and then the people all so it's it's kind of a nice atmosphere for people to go in and kind of people who are just like you dudes who are also just as hairy as you just as big as you just as muscle whatever you can find something that's kind of in your flavor and take off your shirt whatever you're gonna do and so it's really cool that like Rich led you through this underground rainbow railroad. You know what I mean? Like he kind, of, he kind of like took you in and like, okay, this is how this works. And this is how this party works. And so, and it, it is very vital for somebody to have somebody who's in your corner when you go out to, when you're going out, you know what I mean? If you have that yeah. one, that one friend, that one partner, that one somebody who's can kind of show you the ropes. It really does. It, it helps. Sometimes you have to explore on your own. But so Rich is taking you out to parties. That's where we are right now. And so you, you've you gotten all this exposure. And so your eyes are so wide open. <laughs> so like, <laughs> they, what's out they, there? They really were. It was like it, it, from white party that, that April to Folsom in the fall is like, my eyes got even bigger. I mean, Folsom was something that just blew my mind. And being at the Folsom Street Fair and seeing what what went on there in 2010, which is very different from mm -hmm. the last time I was at Folsom, which was in 2018, was my last time I was up at Folsom. But um, I, you know, I got to become a part of the Real Bad organization. I became a uh, um, 
a host of real bad along with rich rich mm-hmm. had already been one so i got exposed to to not only just the parties but the the other things about the 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 party world like for example real bad which is a 100 charity event mm-hmm. and so I got I got I got a broad range of exposure from all of but these there's, things. And- there's also a lot of social politics that's involved with, oh, with like with with real bad because yes. real bad guys those are tickets that are hard to get a lot of times and so the thing yeah. is so you yeah. want to know a host and you want to know somebody and I think it, there's something kind of special about the host situation when it comes to the party too because that host kind of has a little pool of like this is who their people are. They're going to bring more like-minded people into the tribe. There's something that kind of happens there. There's, that can be problematic in some ends, but we're going to look at the nice little end today. That's where I'm just going to sit, you know? Um, But yes, we, we, we'll get into that another day where, you know, that, that topic of, you know, if, if a certain host only has certain kind of friends, that's all that's going to come in. But the other end of it though, is it's a safe space because you know that this guy is going to be, along for the ride because real bad is a crazy party there's a there's different rooms and when there's different rooms right. there's different things that can happen in those rooms so. <laughs> that is very true, very true. yeah so you guys became hosts at real bad and you guys so you learned that part of the and, and the charity aspect of parties and things because they donate yes. all their proceeds and so yes. when was your first real party when was you when was your first dilf was that was that the f- well, my, my first real party that I, or the first, very first party I did was in, was in 2014. It was in the spring of 2014 and it was called Beef. What? And um, I don't know, I can't remember now exactly how I came up with Beef, but I, I was just trying to think of a name for a new party. Everything was think, a one word. And then remember there was belts, yeah. there was buckle, <laughs> there was like castle. Like it was like, what are these parties? Like, and everything was, I, you know, and then there became like meat, hoof. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like there was like these weird names. So you had beef. How did I that do? And, I, and, I, and it was at, it was actually at Numbers. And I think that night. We, numbers, I rest had, in peace. Like, <laughs> yes, rest in peace numbers. I think that night um, I had maybe, I don't know, 70 people came to the party. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, so it's my first attempt. And um, which, which I, I was, I was thrilled and happy to do it. Uh, I wasn't too bad disappointed in the turnout, but again, it was my first, very first attempt at doing a party. And uh but you know, it, 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 I say that I had that many people, and and I and I appreciate it tremendously. Those, those seventy that came, because fast forward to two thousand and nineteen, and my last Pride um, Palm Springs Pride Dilf party that I had, where I fenced in the parking lot of the barracks, I had twenty seven hundred people. That's so amazing. It was amazing. And so that's, again, I'm um, dreams. I've had lots of dreams come true. Um, how, many, how many cities but, are you in? Do you know? Um, I've done 19 cities. Nice. Um, all over the country and in Canada. Um, regular so, International. Florida. International. Yeah. We don't discount well, that international. <laughs> that's right. We, we, have, we have done Canada. Uh, the plan before the pandemic hit was in 2020. I was planning to go to Europe. I, mm-hmm. I had 
some opportunities in uh, Berlin and Madrid, and I was I was going to expand, but um, then pandemic hit. But um, it'll happen. It's it's, it's 2022, girl. Like everything is coming exactly. back around. You know, it's it's going to be happens. back around. So exactly. okay. first deal was uh-huh. in um, the fall of 2014, and it was at um, Pex Bar. Nice. Um, Pex Pex. Uh, I went to them, or I don't know how that started, but I think the manager. Um, there wanted, uh, I didn't know if I had any ideas for a party or, um, and, uh, and so I, I spent about, I don't know, spent a couple of weeks trying to think of something besides beef. And, uh, there was a friend that on Scruff, his name was Dilf and he and I were having coffee one day. He's like, why don't you call it Dilf? I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. I said, I like it. And I, you know, I went online and there were there had been like a Dilf um, Sunday Dilf thing at, at um, a bar in L.A., but it wasn't a regular party. And it was just like a Sunday afternoon thing that they did. Um, they only did it once. Um, there really wasn't I, I, at that time. I couldn't find another Dilf party anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I told the, the I told um, Pex, I said, uh, uh, the new party's Dilf. And, mm-hmm. and and it's built by man up and uh and so it started that october of 2014 and at that time i i've i had rich encouraging me wanting me to get my um real estate license because rich also wasn't 100 percent sold on the idea of me throwing parties uh-huh. and I, I remember it's a very members. scary industry i mean like and it's a very scary industry yeah um and I remember, I remember it said something one night when I was talking to him about it. He he said, he said, um, Justin David throws parties. Let him throw the parties. And I'm like, Rich, I love Justin. You love Justin. We love his parties. But I, I'm Joe Whitaker, and I want to throw a party. And so he I want to get, I wanna get paid party. to be at the party. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's nice. It is nice. <laughs> yes, it is nice. But he convinced me to get my real estate license. And so I started studying for my real estate exam. Um, I ended up telling Pex, uh, you know, the part run, the party is here. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to be studying. And and so um, it wasn't what DILF is today. But it, at Pex, it was a Saturday night event that was supposed mm-hmm. to bring people out early before bear night. And um, it was, it was kind of strange. Um, we didn't have a DJ. Uh, Pex didn't have a place to have a DJ really, but mm-hmm. it was a, it was a, it was a jock. It, it was encouraged to be a jock party for everybody to wear their jocks under their shorts mm-hmm. and, or pants. And um, I remember being somewhere um, like in the spring of, of 2015 and somebody saying, were you at Dilf last night? It was amazing. The, there was a line down the street to get into the party. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yes, Dilf is like the hot thing right now. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. But I mean, they were, they were doing it in my name and in uh, under man up um, mm-hmm. promoting it. And I wasn't doing a lot to promote it at the time, but everybody knew it was my party. And, uh, and so um I, I knew that I knew that we because it was doing so well that I wanted to to make it even better and I wanted to have a DJ and so we you know we ended up moving it from there to another space where we could have a DJ where we did have a, a DJ booth or a sound system and and then um, that same year when I had moved it 
um, I had uh, the Eagle in Seattle reach out to me and say, hey, we heard about your DILF party in San Diego. Uh, would you like to bring it to Seattle? And I was like, sure. I hadn't really thought about that. And, and this is the power of social media because, Joe, during this time, so I want to don't discount the other stuff you were doing because there, there's a lot that you were doing behind the scenes at the same time because it wasn't just about the party that was happening out in the physical space. You also yes. had a you had a Facebook that you were super active on and you had a brand going on there that you were just, you're a nice guy. And that's, and then it, it's, it's very, very evident. And the thing is, and so you, you know, you do your inspirational kind of, you know, moments, and then you also had that. So that's happening for you. You were just starting to get into Instagram, I think at the time, but then you also, you, yeah. I mean, you're a Tumblr refugee because you had Tumblr also happening in the background that was just, that was also feeding those parties. So the thing was, is so you were, you were working more than just a Saturday, just showing up to t- to collect money somewhere. So well, we, I, we, yeah, we, actually, Dilf was not even collecting money um, mm-hmm. of, in, of, of, in the beginning. There wasn't a door charge to get into Dilf. Oh yeah, um, okay. But you know, but but the desire to add in the DJ, that's when everything changed. That's when the party completely changed this concept. Because you need to pay your bills. Well, you got you have to pay DJs. And, yeah. Um, but that was my goal was as I wanted I wanted the parties to to grow into something that mm-hmm. they are today. I wanted them to be a full on dance party, and I wanted it to be a jock party, and I wanted guys to actually be able to get down into the jocks and mm-hmm. and have a close check and all of that. And and so it was a little bit of a struggle to, to find venues that would allow that. Um, and, and it always will be. <laughs> it always will be. Yeah, and so it's just trying to find the the area where you can actually do it, the space, the technicalities and all that sort of things, completely getting that. Now, um, just kind of wondering too, like here, so let's talk about the app a little bit because you have an app that's also out there. You guys can download the DILF app uh, if you're using an Android or an Apple product. And so, yeah, so when did that start? Um, Well, the I I mean, the idea for the app, I, I... I also, back when I came out, I started um, some websites. I actually tried my hand and tried the first one was just a man up site. Mm-hmm. Then I then I created hotcigarmen.com. And then um, from there, I created daddyissues.net. Um, and during all of that, I, I wanted to create an app and I wanted to get an app out there. Um, and there were other people already in the market, uh, very familiar ones we already know. Um, mm-hmm. And but I didn't have, I didn't have the the, the capital to to create an app. Uh, the the money I had, I, I spent on creating the websites, and 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 so I, the idea of the app has has been there for a long time. I wanted to have an app that was for all guys, mm-hmm. uh, and that's how Dilf has evolved. Dilf is no longer just daddies uh our our slogan for dilf is um dudes daddies discreet don't know dilf is for all men and and so the whole idea and desire to create a party or a brand like dilf was because i've wanted to connect guys i wanted to connect guys all over the world because i really truly didn't if i could you know help guys that were in the same boat as i was in living somewhere in a small town not knowing how to 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 connect or or get into the gay world or 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 meet people like myself i i if i could if i can connect 
other men and help them not go through some of the things that I went through. Cause I went through some pretty hellacious things coming uh-huh. out. Yeah. And, and so I, that, that has been my dream is to be able to, to connect guys. And, and, and I, and to this day, I still have people that message me on different um, platforms and they say, you know, I've read your story. I've read what you went through. Um, I'm married. I I've got kids. I don't know how you did it. I can't destroy my family like this, but I know I'm gay. And, you know, it's, it breaks my heart when I hear stories like that because I know they're really struggling. And I was, you know, just as I was, I was very unhappy. And I struggled with, with the whole idea of being gay because um, I, was, I was raised to, to think that that was bad. It was wrong. And it's not. Same boat. Same boat. Yeah. A lot of the, the, the church background and then you also, you know, just the conservative, the masculine part of it. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's looked at different parts. It's very cool, though, that out of all that adversity that you've been able to create this whole thing. I'm going to give you a pull quote here so you can put this on anything. But you really are like the Martha Stewart of daddies, because the thing is, is you've you've kind of cultivated this thing where you have this really nice vertical integration between your brands that you have, like the website feeds the parties, the parties feed the app, the app will go back and it'll feed the next party. So it's like it's this really, really nice circle here that you can kind of, you know, the work is showing you know, which is, which is pretty awesome, Joe. And it's really commendable. And I think that that's, that's, uh, it's just something that a lot of people think that I could do that. I'm and the thing is, is, but you actually did it. You put pen to paper, you wrote your own story, you kind of, you, you figured it out and you kind of, you know, taken everything that you've learned in well, I would say a short this, time. I, I, <laughs> like, I have to say this. I, I have made plenty of mistakes. I mm-hmm. own every one of my mistakes no, I'll never say any different. I own my mistakes. Mm-hmm. I've learned from my mistakes too. I've also had amazing, amazing friends. <laughs> I couldn't have ever done this without my friends. Yeah, you have a good um, circle. You have a really. I have good an circle. amazing circle of friends. I have an amazing circle of friends that have been by my side from the beginning. Um, I, almost all my friends literally have worked at parties for me and helped me. And, and, you know, all my DJs I work with, they're like my family. Um, mm-hmm. Every one of my friends, um, you know, have inspired me. They've, they've given me, they've given me ideas. They, they've, they've encouraged me. And so I could not have done this without my friends. And that I, I have to say, the one thing that Rich by introducing me to all these parties and introducing me to people all over this country the first year we were together. The other thing that I've learned and realized, and I, not a lot of people, I think, know this or I think about it this way, but what every party became for for me, even, I mean, in the beginning when they weren't my parties, but even now, the, my own parties, it's like a little family reunion. Every time mm-hmm. you go somewhere and you're at a party because you see Absolutely. people that you haven't seen for a year or six months. Well, Dilf, what Dilf became for me is in every city, I, I made these great group of friends in New York. This, I have a great group of friends in Atlanta. And so every time I'm there, I get to see my family. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of I was blessed by having my own gay family times, you know, hundreds because I do parties. And, and so that is very rewarding for me. And, and, that's, and that helped me replace the family I've lost in the straight world. Which is what we do, which is, I mean, it's yeah. really what we do as gay men is that, you know, you, when you eventually find your tribe. And so, and if you haven't found your tribe, it's there, it's, it's out there. Just keep, mm-hmm. o- keep opening doors. You know, you'll eventually find that because, you know, you'll, you'll be given 
grace, you know what I mean? And th- those sorts of things. Now you, you're the life of the party, you know? And so <laughs> somebody who's somebody who's hopping around from city to city and that sort of thing. How do you, how do you self care there? How do you not overdo it? How do you make sure that you maintain that everybody else is having a good time, but then at the same time, know that you're not putting yourself out? Well, the, you know, that has been, um, that's been a growth process for me. Um, I, first and foremost, the parties, wherever they are, and it doesn't matter the size of the venue, whether it's small or big, um, I have this, I have a real um, sense of responsibility to make them sure the night goes well. I have to be, I have to be, you know, I'm the man, the buck stops with me. You know, if, if somebody falls out, I, I, from doing whatever I have to, you know, or, or the police show up, I have to be the one that, that makes sure people are taken care of. I, I feel responsible for my, my guest, mm-hmm. um, and and so I I've had to learn to you know mo- monitor myself and not let it get not ever because in the beginning it, it it was very easy in the beginning to for like all the bartenders they want to give me shots or do shots for me and I'll be like mm-hmm. okay I got to stop doing this this is not working and then you know just having been on a plane and, and having a hangover was not a good feeling. And so um, uh, I no sleep I club, no sleep bus club, another club, another club, another club plane next place. No sleep. Another club. I mean, it really another is like club. that was your life. So that crazy was. up until like 2020. So learning all that monitoring and everything. And so as somebody like, I'm in nightlife. I do corporate events and that sort of thing. And so I understand that there's something that feeds your soul when you get to see a bunch of people all communally have a great time and like, and, yeah. and, and enjoy themselves and really let down their hair. What happened? And like, so how did you, you know, I, I've, I had to find projects like in 2020 where I was still feeding my creative need and my social need. And that's hence where I got the binge bitches, that YouTube thing. And then this podcast came around because I just needed to be social with people I haven't been able to talk to in a while and that. Um, what did you do in 2020 like to to kind of make sure that you were okay with not being out? Because you were grounded. All of a sudden you were you were in a you were in a different city every weekend. My sister was. Nelson was watching your dog all the time. So I, I like yeah. I remember he's like, I'm at Joe's this week. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like pick me up here. So it was one of those kind of things. And it was like Joe was gone, gone, gone. And so knowing it, myself and my partner was always traveling. And then all of a sudden we're stuck in the house. Like, how did you still reach out? Is it did you throw yourself back into your work in the apps and everything? Or where were you in that place? Well, for 2020, um, I uh, I went through a lot of personal tragedies. Um, um, I also uh, had to reassess some things in my life. Um, but then also, I I, it, I was at the point in 2019 where you know I had 2,700 people at my Palm Springs Pride party, and and things were just. I went into 2020 and um, I swore I wasn't going to have as many parties, but in 2019, I threw 75 parties. Eventbrite sent me a report and I had 75 parties in 2019. And, and in January, there was one weekend, I think it was the last weekend in January, I had five parties in five cities all in one weekend. 
And, and I, I sent like my guy, that, Sean, that worked with me in LA, I sent him to one city, I sent Melton to a city, I sent myself to two cities, and we pulled it off. And I used to think, you know, when I would have three parties in one, at one weekend, I was like, I, you know, this is insane. But then I had five. And I was like, things were just getting so big. And, and the, the app was helping feed a lot of that. But at the same time, I was just if the city wanted me to come, I was like, we're coming, we're coming and we're doing DILF. And, and so when it all stopped, I had, I had to take a deep breath. I, it was, it was a, it was a nice sense of, okay, the crazy is going to stop for a few minutes, but I didn't think it was going to stop for 13 months. And literally I didn't throw a party for 13 months. Um, and, but it, what happened in, in some of the personal things that I was dealing with, I, I was able to step back and say, you know, this is this was all starting to just get too big, too fast. And I was letting things slide like I, I'm, I, I was overwhelmed tremendously with all of it. And I, um, you know, not even be able to I, I, I hardly ever get to answer um, Facebook Messenger. I hardly ever get to answer people that, that send me stuff on different platforms. It's like I, I, all the messages I get, I, I just overwhelmed. And, Mm -hmm. and so, but it also, I realized that I had to, I had let some things like with the beginning of the app, the app, um, when it launched, they didn't, the the programmers didn't do some of the things that I really felt was important. And so I turned around and I dove into, to finding new programmers for the app. Mm -hmm. Um, I found a new programmer, uh, and a manager to, to help with the websites. We, we, we worked on the websites where I brought in um, uh, a new chat room platform for the websites. And, um, and then for the app, the app was just something that I, I, I spent a lot of time and effort getting the, the idea and concept of the app ready. And then, but because I was so overwhelmed with the parties, um, the app didn't, the app didn't launch the way I wanted it, but it, I knew that I, I needed to spend the time on it I, I, that I could. So that's a lot of 2020 was me reassessing all of that and saying, okay, this has got to happen to make this successful. And so I, I, I had my germ pot of friends and I basically stayed, <laughs> stayed at home for 13 months and didn't do anything. Um, but I didn't, you know, I had people wanting me to do parties. I had, I had some cities that, were, you know, were wide open in December and wanting me to come to parties. Florida was like, come on down. Yeah. <laughs> in Atlanta. Uh, oh, yeah. They were. I'm they, saying that. Joe's not saying that. Don't le- le- hold those liable against Joe. I'm the one who's saying that. That's my speculation. Yeah. Anyways. Well, there, there <laughs> were people that wanted me to do parties at New Year's. There were people that wanted me to do parties um, before New Year's. They, I, they, and, and I... I, my attorney told me you absolutely cannot Don't you're risking it. you're risking too much you're you're not just to go have a party that, that you then get labeled as a super spreader and you want to ruin your brand and everything you've worked hard and dreamed about and you want to ruin the, your app and so I, I had to listen to not only my attorney but my very closest friends here in San Diego and, and some of my closest friends around the country they're like don't do it. You can't do it. You're putting everything at risk. And so I listened and I, and I, I held out and, and, and what everybody wanted me to do was wait until the vaccines had been out at least a couple of months. And then I had my vaccine. And so that's when I knew that it was time. And I, and I did, you know, make that step. And I had the first party in 13 months in April and I had it in Atlanta. 
And then was I had it like, mic. was it like a fresh breath of air for you? Was it like when the when the, um, when the DJ hit? Like when was that? When when did when did it feel like you were back? Well, I was standing in the DJ booth and we were doing the sound check at the Heretic Atlanta that night, and I, it, it was like it. I mean, and, and all of these clubs and all these bartenders and, and bar owners and bar managers, you know, they've become like family to me. And it was just so I, it was like when I walked in the door that night, as I as like everyone was giving me a hug. They're like, we've missed you. We can't believe it's been a year. And uh, but standing in that DJ booth and doing the sound check, I literally got choked up. I, I it was it was like so amazing to actually hear. A sound from you know in a club and and hear the song that I can't remember the, the exact song I think it was uh, Rise Up is what they, we were doing a sound check with <laughs> and I was just like crying I was like all the feels yeah and so, so um, it was really amazing that night we we had over two hundred pre sale tickets the party was packed and I was like this is crazy but I I felt so thankful so blessed so just people were so wonderful and uh, kind and said so many wonderful things to me that night and talked about how much they missed the party how much they missed everything and it made me feel good that I waited and not and didn't do anything and it made me feel good that that um that I had you know followers that, that have been faithful to the brand for all this time. And, I think, uh, and people are ready. People are so ready. Like I'm feeling it. And like, I'm my July dance card is starting to get, you know, starting to fill up and all that. And so I'm here for it. What does Joe watch to decompress? What do you, what are you watching? What do you, what are you binging when you're home? Oh, uh, well, um, I actually, I, I, there's, there's one show I actually have started over and, and you, people probably laugh at this, but I started Will and Grace over. Oh, nice. <laughs> I love Will and Grace. Um, I didn't get to watch Will and Grace when it came out because my, my ex-wife was like, we are not watching that. Um, yeah. And so I didn't get to watch it until I, I came out and was in Denver and I, and I didn't see all the episodes then. And so I'm 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 going through Will and Grace right now. Um, I love that. I love that so much. I told you so. Told you so. Told you so. Told you. Told you. Told you so. Gotta go. Love you. Call me tomorrow. Like Will yeah. and Grace has its place in our gay history. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> oh, they, they absolutely do. Um, and you know, I'm more of a movie person. I like to watch movies. Um, do you have a favorite um, movie? <laughs> I'm a big action fan. Um, I love I love action movies. I'm a big Die Hard movie fan. Oh, um, nice. Just last night, I was watching Die Hard or Live Free or Die Hard, like mm -hmm. the fourth one. Um, and it's really interesting. That's such an interesting movie. It came out in 2007, and it very much was about um, the, the bad guys um, attacking our computer systems mm -hmm. and taking and, and hacking. The, our, our systems that run our cities and here we are in 2021 <laughs> and, and that's happening right now yeah um and so i i actually was i watched it last night but um i you know i love action movies uh i love thrillers um but then you know, you're such a you're I, such a guy you like you're I such know. a dude <laughs> i know <laughs> I well, love I, get that. That, I get that, you know, from my grandfathers. I was raised by 
two men that fought in World War II, and one was a Marine, one was in the Navy, and my Navy grandfather cussed like a sailor, and, you know, I, I, I had so, I was influenced by them so much, but um, just because I'm a, such a guy, it doesn't mean that, and, and, and I, and this is something I do struggle with personally. Um, I know there are people that think that I only care about the guys in our community, and that's not true at all. Um, it's your brand. Why. I think people need to separate it because you're Joe, and that's your yes. brand. I mean, like Trixie, Trixie Mattel isn't just makeup. You know what I mean? And like right. drag, you have you have to sometimes people have to kind of step back just a tiny bit and give it a little bit of perspective because well that's why happiness yeah. and escapade came to life because mm -hmm. i i told friends that i wanted to have a true pride party i didn't want to do just deal with prides and and so that's why escapade and happiness actually became what they are is i wanted a pride party where everyone was welcome um i've worked you know with the the center and um i was a part of be the generation campaign with aaron Heyer and um got to be you know involved with that with with everybody that was a part of the, the initial photo shoot of that which included chad michaels and, mm -hmm. and paris and and so i'm i i support everybody in our community i am not i am not just here for the guys mm -hmm. and as you said my brand is my brand dilf is a brand for the guys uh, and then Dilf became what it was because I had all the guys say to me, they wish there was a party where they could be just guys. They could get in their jock and just be guys. And so I felt like that I created that for the guys because that's what everybody was telling me they wanted. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so and, I enjoyed and it worked. doing that. It worked. It and did it worked. resonate. Yeah. It resonated with people. They bought the tickets. You wouldn't be in 19 cities if you didn't have success in the they wouldn't be inviting you back. So I mean, yeah. there's, there's something to be said there that, yeah, we, that we can separate the two. It's just, I just can just want to rib you because it's just like, you like the big explosion movies. You like those things that, you know, like, like, <laughs> like, like, like when is the person going to drop from the ceiling and, you know, kind of <laughs> like, like do, do the thing. And I'm there yeah. too. I, I, I kind of, I span into everything. Cause you know, I have the days that we'll be on here where we talk about like real housewives, but then I have these other things where I'm just, you know, watching other other kinds of media like you know i'm just right now i've been re-watching like the marvel movies but i'm doing a timeline mm -hmm. order so i'm watching well, them like that's, a, that's something i want to do as well um yeah you know I'm, I'm i'm a big jane fonda fan um i love her movies um mm -hmm. uh yeah I, I also i i i watch you know other things besides action i i, I do love my classics like still magnolias and um you know i i I'm, I, I do like romance movies as well mm -hmm. and um are you a drag race watcher? I am. I do watch drag race. I have great respect for what they do. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I like to work with Chad and others because I I um, I remember when I when I first got into Denver, my partner at the time, um, he didn't really want to be around drag queens and. And my good friend Joe one night said to me, he said, "You've got to realize something. They're being." themselves they they're they're doing what makes them feel good about being themselves just like you came out to be yourself to be gay to be a gay man that likes dick and i'm like you're exactly right so he's like they're just putting on heels and makeup and having fun and and and, and i said you know what you're exactly right and it just it resonated with me and so i i've always been um 
a, a fan of anybody that wants to do whatever it is, whether you're 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 doing drag or you're everyone in our community. If you find what inspires you, then do it. Then be it. Um, don't you know whether it, whether you're bi or straight or trans or whatever. You got to do what you what makes you happy. You got to be you, and that's part of that's something I've always put on quotes and stuff. Be proud, be you. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Anyway. And sp- speaking of being you, so I'm gonna I'm gonna switch this up before before I close out because I've kept you about an hour here. But okay. um, what does it feel like when you see your face on random Twitter accounts and random uh, and like when you all because I get it. Cause I'm, I'm the hairy guy and I, I completely know that like the, the hairy, the hairy new tumblers and all that kind of shit have pictures of me on there. And I always get a picture from like a friend who's like, Oh, I just saw this one of you. I saw this of you. And the thing is, is, and you have, you're out there, Joe. I mean, you guys yeah. if Google Joe Whitaker, look at, look, look at what this man looks like. He's a pretty man. Okay. So like oh, the thing is, is <laughs> and, and now he's blushing, but whatever, but yeah. You like, and it's just so funny because you know you can you'll be perusing the the Twitter or whatever, and then all of a sudden it's like I know that's Joe. (laughs) Like, so what does that feel like? Well, it's funny. Someone someone actually messaged me on Facebook. um, I think on Wednesday, sent me this new photo of myself and said somebody's put has put this all over Twitter. I, I just wanted to let you know. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And it was actually a photo that was in my, my um, private album on um, scruff. And, mm. and so I was like, yeah, nothing's sacred anymore. Nothing. If you, if you put pictures out, if you put them either, whether it's on an app or anywhere, they're going to get out there. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, I, 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 it doesn't phase me. I mean, it's, I, I used to, I used to get a little embarrassed by it, but then, you know, I have people that come up to me at the parties and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just saw a picture of you on Tumblr. And, and, and they're, you know, they're always very complimentary, but uh, you know, I'm, I also, I feel the fire because sometimes I, I put stuff on Reddit and, you know, if I'm feeling like I want to post something, I, you know, I'll put something out there and cause I'm not, we all do. I, I'm not ashamed I, 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 of my I, body. Yeah, but you know, and it you also shouldn't goes, be. <laughs> I also goes to the brand. The brand is is man up. So mm-hmm. you know, if you can't man up and 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 just enjoy life and enjoy being yourself, and you know, if you want to mm-hmm. throw your throw your picks out there with you know bearing it all, then you got to realize it's going to make it in a lot of places. And so, I I I, I have come to have to accept that um i really had to accept it with um someone i was dating uh that told me that uh his friends had googled my name and and saw all these new pictures of me and he's like you know they're on google i'm like no i didn't but i guess i do now so (laughs) but they are but yeah yeah. my thing (laughs) is is like it's one thing because people are going to pick share they're going to do all that i mean the thing is is we use social media like instagram and tiktok because we need those shares we need those likes we need that to kind of push the other post about 
where we're going to be. So please show up and buy a ticket. Right. You know, so right. all that happens. My thing is just, it's always so funny though, because it's always like a Dilf Tumblr that, or a Dilf like Twitter app that's using your photo as their like profile picture. And it's yeah. like, what did Joe just say to me? And I'm like, Joe didn't say that. Never mind. And then like, it's like, you go on. Like, it's just, it's the funniest thing. And so I just have to double check when it's, when it's you talking or if it's somebody who's using you. you know, yeah, using I, I mean, I've had people message me and say, oh, are you in Boston right now? And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, there's a guy on Grindr using your photos. And I'm like, like who did I have send power a to him? <laughs> <laughs> Are you in Boston? Who did I just send a whole pic to? Like they're they're sending pictures. <laughs> you know, good luck with that if you're trying to hook up and they come to your place and they're gonna realize it's it's not Joe Whitaker. It's it's so funny. It's weird, but you know, there's, I I don't know. There's a big I, I difference. People, there is a big difference. <laughs> so, okay, so Mr. Joe, what are um, what would you like to promote today, and how can people find you? Well, um. I, I, I guess what I want to just promote is um, I, I really want um, everyone to come out for Pride San Diego and and whether they come to my parties or they go to any parties, I, I want everybody to just come out and be happy and, and feel good again after this year of hell and, uh, and just be safe. I want us all to be safe. Uh, I know there's so much craziness going on in this country uh where where violence in, in different cities and i said I, and i truly want our pride to be a safe pride and i want people to come and have fun and and i and i really and truly want um everyone to feel welcome at the boat party i i i would love for everyone uh, we're gonna have we, some fun on that party you guys like we, we are. we're planning some things and then there's some thoughts that i have that i'm gonna share with you off uh, offline that uh because okay. i've just had some other ideas that have spilled into my head over the past few days but i know that we're gonna have some good fun there where can they find information for the boat cruise or for the dilf parties that are probably going to be coming to a city near them where can they find all, all, of, all of the events all of my events um are on eventbrite you can you can put in dilf you'll find all of the events that are active right now um i think right now we have about 14 or 15 parties just in the next two months mm -hmm. um which does include the boat but yes the boat is on eventbrite under escapade uh the name escapade san diego and um and then on you know facebook there's the dilf app page there's the there's the man up page there's joe wicker there's Joe Wicker presents. Um, so there's information on Facebook. My Instagram is Joe of Man Up, and okay. so all of those places you can find out information. But if you were, if you want to find tickets, uh, the great thing about Eventbrite is um, nowadays because we have when we create a party, every party gets its own page on the DelfParty.com, and because we create that page, Google now crawls all of our stuff, and so you can just put in Dilf Atlanta. And it's going to pull up the Eventbrite listing. So beautiful. Yeah, so you're so making you it easier to come on out. Yes. Yeah. So you guys will find him. Make sure you guys look for him over on Instagram at Joe of at Joe of Man Up with two P's. You guys on Man Up. Yeah. And so Joe, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for doing this today. And like, Thank I want to definitely want to have another conversation with you because there's so much other things that I know that we can talk about. But okay. uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I have to binge you a little bit more. 
So guys, you make sure you guys look for Joe Whitaker everywhere that you guys just heard. We also look inside the show notes because I believe we'll put a couple links in there. You guys can find me, D'Angelo, on Instagram and Twitter at D'Angelo Gogo or on TikTok at D'Angelo. Make sure you guys like and subscribe to Bald and Bingeable wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us five stars over on Apple Podcasts. This has been a wonderful afternoon, a wonderful evening, wherever you are. Have fun. Love yourselves. Love everybody else. Good night from the lower level. Mwah. Good night from the lower level. <laughs>